0: about somebody getting started with karaoke. You've been doing it for a long time like we have. It's hard for me to imagine people who listen to this podcast aren't already into karaoke, but maybe some of the people tuning into this episode because you're the guest might say, if Douglas Wolk is into karaoke, maybe I should give it a
1: shot. I don't know about that, but I I will say just go watch people singing, figure out what is a song that you like to sing, but I don't know how it goes. That's why the words are on the screen. You'll be fine. Just be there for the song, the song will be there for you.
2: to the greatest song ever sung poorly it's a karaoke podcast that is the direct result of when boredom meets fandom i'm your kind of hulk hogan but not really brother adam wainwright
1: Ooh yeah and i'm ed Kennard,
0: trying to keep with the same theme now we're gonna be doing a full
2: podcast where we just do wrestling impersonations while talking about karaoke oh
0: yeah I'm officially out of wrestling impersonations. I can half do Macho Man and that's it. No, that was pretty good. (laughs) And, And tap out. I like the,
2: I'd have to tap out reference too. See, we could do a wrestling podcast. Now I'm intrigued by what a wrestling karaoke
0: podcast would look like, what the shape of that would be. I guarantee you there's at least one professional wrestler who really loves karaoke that we can get on this podcast. There has to be, there has to be at least one, like
2: half of what they do with wrestling is just performing in front of the crowd. Man, you know what? I would wager that a lot of wrestlers are really damn good at karaoke. Yeah, I could
0: see that. That seems like it would be true.
2: Okay, Ed, did you have a phase in your life where you watched wrestling? Absolutely. Okay. Ages 5 okay. to, I don't know, 15. Okay, great. So of the wrestlers that you know from your era, who's the one that you would say was probably the absolute best at
0: karaoke? From my era? It would have to be the honky tonk man, right? It would have to. That's a good choice, the honky tonk man. Because you see,
2: I'm going with the heartbreak kid. It has to be Shawn Michaels. Either that or The Undertaker. Just because I bet The Undertaker would be that motherfucker that would get up there and he'd be frightening. And you'd be like, oh man, this is The Undertaker. He's a million feet tall. I'm intimidated by this dude. And he'd break into like sailing away from sticks or something like that. And it would be the best thing you've ever seen in your entire life. And then he'd walk away into his Undertaker ways and disappear into like a shadows of a smoke machine or some shit. That would be epic. I derailed this conversation well before we ever got started on it. So, Ed, what are we actually doing today? Can we just get right to the main theme? I mean, there's no way you have a challenge for me today. We've done this too long. There's no way you can bring another one up. I think we're going to be talking about some real nerd shit today. Cause we talked to Douglas Wolk about his new book. So we're going to keep the theme of the episode. So let's just hop in. There's no way you have a challenge for me today, right?
0: Well, Adam, I wouldn't say that. Challenge of
2: the nerdy songs. Wow. I think our audio beds just keep getting better every time we do them.
0: Massive shout out to Dr. Kevin Snow of Marywood for doing his super friends impersonation to do that for me while I was out in Scranton. That was pretty great. Like I said, they're going to
2: get better every week. We're going to have to start getting like celebrities to come on and just do our audio beds, not talk to them about karaoke. Just do audio beds for us. (laughs) All right, Ed,
0: so you have a nerdy challenge for me. I get it. I do. I do. All of these songs reference comics in some way. I know you're not a comics guy, so we're not focusing on that part of it as much. Okay. It's 10 questions and one bonus. Where do you think you're going to fall? I always like to think that if you're doing,
2: if you score anywhere over a a 50% in life, you're doing a little bit better than everybody else at life, or at least half the population. So I'm going to go with a
0: six. Okay. And I'm going to definitely miss the bonus question. We'll find out, I guess. So are you ready for the challenge of the nerdy songs?
2: I am as ready as Clark Kent when somebody cries for Superman.
0: I think you're going to do just fine. So question one. (laughs) All right. While the song isn't actually about any members of the Avengers, this Black Sabbath song shares its name with one. Black Sabbath, uh, Iron Man. Correct. Correct. Okay, great. See, we're off to a good yes, start. We're, we're, yes. Okay.
2: I, I don't, I've I never actually heard that song before, but it's the only one that made sense. Let's go. Number two.
0: Wait, no. Pause. You've never heard Iron Man by Black Sabbath?
2: I don't think so. It's not my era, man. We've talked about this. If we haven't, we need to get into it more. That's just not my era. That's not my style. This is one of those situations where somebody was going to hunt me down and hold me against the wall and say, I will give you $10,000 if you can name one Black Sabbath song I'd probably look at them with a blank face and be like, but now I know Iron Man's one, so thank you for that $10,000.
0: I am nothing if not helpful. Question two. Everyone knows the Wu-Tang Clan loves their superhero comics. In Protect Your Neck, inspected Dexverse mentions which Marvel superhero? I don't know that song very well. I just I just don't. Shang-Chi? No, it was Spider-Man.
2: It's always Spider-Man, I feel. If I don't know anymore, it's going to be Spider-Man or some version of Spider-Man.
0: Miles Morales, that's the next one. There you go. This hipster band had an album track that talked about Dungeons and Dragons and comics in its opening lines. I've got a Dungeon Master's Guide. I've got a 12-sided die. I've got Kitty Pride and Nightcrawler 2 waiting there for me. Yes, I do. I do. You
2: want me to name the hipster band in this question? Yes. Oh, man, I'm going to do real bad at this trivia, Ed. This is, this is
0: great. I thought this was a band that you liked.
2: Just because I like them doesn't mean I know their entire catalog. Uh, hipster bands? Just because it's a band that I like that's a hipster. No, there's no way that Ben Gibbard sang about that shit. There's no way. I was I going to say Death Cab Cutie. That is not it. I can't even think of what a hipster band. What a hipster band?
0: Uh, Bowling for Soup. I don't know. It was Weezer. Weezer. Okay. The song's in the garage. You're going to give that a hipster
2: band? You're going to say Weezer's... We, we need to have other conversations about music, apparently, on this podcast. So you're putting Weezer as a hipster band. Like, when did that happen? Did that happen at some point culturally? I don't know. Okay,
0: okay. Let's go. Let's keep this rolling, Ed. Let's see if movies are, are any better for you. Which of these bands was not on the soundtrack to 1994's The Crow? Was it The Cure? Metallica, Nine Inch Nails, or Violent Femmes? Violent Femmes. No, it was Metallica.
2: I don't know The Crow that well either, Ed, and I definitely wouldn't know the soundtrack of The Crow. I was 10 years old
0: when The Crow came out. All right. Which former Beatle wrote a song about Marvel Comics villains Magneto and Titanium Man? Paul McCartney. Correct. Yay! I guess one of like... You got two now. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. We're up to two. This rapper, who recently took part in a versus battle, released a cassette single with the song Break the Chain that was polybagged with a tie-in comic of the same name, illustrated by Kyle Baker and published by Marvel Comics in 1994. Paris One. Correct. Okay, great. I just knew that I didn't
2: know any of the stuff about the title. I just knew he was recently in a battle.
0: Yep. All right. Question seven. A cartoonist I've sang karaoke with, James Otis Smith, illustrated a graphic novel adaptation of Ted Fox's seminal history of this theater in Harlem. Oh, see, Apollo. Correct. You're doing really well, Adam. I'm bouncing back, recovering. <laughs> this contemporary crooner, who also had a bit part in duets, sang the Spider Man theme in the Sam Raimi spider-man movies
2: the only contemporary crooner i know is michael buble
0: yes correct and the bonus question that goes with that what legendary punk band also recorded this
2: oh man that's the version i know from the sam raimi one too like that's the one i remember i can't remember which punk band it was like what era of punk classic classic punk like you're talking like 80s punk
0: and 70s Yeah, 70s 80s somewhere in there yeah uh black flag It was the Ramones. Okay. Good guess, though. These two superheroes, one from Marvel Comics and one from DC Comics, had Broadway musicals, and both of them flopped.
2: The one from Marvel Comics is Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. The one from DC Comics... Oh, actually, no, there's some really good music in the Superman musical.
0: Great job, Adam. You got it. You got it.
2: Yeah, I know. I know I had that one. It popped into my head. And the only reason I know that is because it was a track that was randomly pulled from an online production of a musical review that was done last year that I happened to turn into. I listened to a song and I said, you know what, this is actually really good. And I didn't know what musical it was from, which was wild to me. And I looked it up and it was Superman the Musical. I can't say I've ever heard anything from the Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark musical, but I actually know some people now who have seen it and said it was as bad as they say it was a little musical
0: fyi i figured you'd get the musical one and then the last one (laughs) the spin doctors best known for two princes and little miss can't be wrong also had a hit with jimmy olsen's blues that song's chorus gave their debut album its name pocket full of blank which would be a bad thing to have if you were superman
2: this may be the easiest one you've done it's a pocket full kryptonite
0: correct
2: Correct, Adam. So I bounced back, right, Ed? You finished out with six. So you hit exactly where you thought you were going to. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to hit the mark right on and do no more and no less. What I really liked about that, Ed, let's just pause for a second and discuss what I really liked because the show's about us when it really comes down to it. It's not really about karaoke or anybody else. It's about us. So what I really liked about that was I feel like you dumbed it down enough for me to actually sound like I know things, but kept the content of the questions smart enough that people that are on your level are really going to appreciate some of the references you made. And that's a brilliant plan. That's a tough line to walk. Congratulations on that. Nice work. You, you were dropping names that like you, when you were walking out that content, I'm like, oh no, oh no oh no, he just said like seven things
0: I don't understand. And then it's like, oh, Superman wouldn't like it. Oh, kryptonite, cool. God, it's... Not everyone can be as much of a comics nerd as I am, Adam.
2: Well, some people definitely can, is what I learned from our conversation. Yeah, some people definitely are. But I mean, that's awesome though. I mean, and I think it ties into
0: karaoke in several ways. Wouldn't you agree? I would. Being a very big fan of something to the point where it becomes almost a part of your identity is something that lots of fandoms have, whether it is comics or karaoke or the Pittsburgh penguins. I'm sure you uh, would call yourself a fan of the Pittsburgh penguins. Uh, just a little bit,
2: just, just a little, little fan of the Pittsburgh penguins and the Steelers and the pirates to a certain extent.
0: Whereas I know that the Steelers are playing when I get a, reply chug snapchat from you and i'm like oh yeah there's a football there's a football today yeah
2: there's a football a football is being thrown somewhere in the world today and men are being paid millions of dollars to throw that football um but you're right it does turn into an obsession and i think it all kind of ties together like we said nerdy shit but this is also about obsession just a little bit And there's no other way to describe what ed and i still have with karaoke indefinitely developed when we were at our heyday i mean that was the height of an obsession right there like uh, somebody hit me up on seven different social media platforms when i just met them kind of obsession is what we had with karaoke not that that's ever happened to me
0: i don't think i've lost that feeling either i haven't either it's just
2: it's changed for me it's just been tougher for me like it's laying dormant right now i think if the door were open and people were like things were to open more. And, you know, I'm in such a weird position right now. I just moved to New York City. And while New York City's opened up, I'm just talking to my fiance. It's clear it's not opened up the way it was. While restaurants and bars may be open, they're not having these events that they used to. Might be a trivia night every now and then, but there's no karaoke anymore. Like there's a karaoke bar, but I don't see places advertising karaoke on any nights of the week. It doesn't seem to be a thing. I would have to go to a place that's strictly made for karaoke and like, that's cool, but it's not really my thing either. I like the bar surprises and stuff like that. So, I mean, hopefully we'll get to the point where that becomes another part of like daily life here in New York, but it's just, it's just not there yet. Speaking of it, you've been able to feed this obsession a little bit recently because I'm going to make sure we shop this out. So, why don't you tell the people how you've been feeding your obsession recently and the major thing that recently
0: happened? My local karaoke bar reopened. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big thing, Ed. It's huge. Tell the people. It's the closest thing to a queer bar our town has. It's a mix of college students, grad students, local folks absolute fucking weirdos and it is a wonderful environment to be in and it just feels so good to have it back
2: I can imagine I can't I can't wait to go back and visit too I mean it doesn't it's never had that connection like you have with it but I still loved every time I got the chance to go out there and when I am home over the holidays which I will be I'm hoping to you know I'm hoping you'll tolerate me coming out to sing some karaoke with you and maybe do a live show I don't know the, how that would work technically, but we might have to try it. If it's a mess, it's a mess and we won't release it. And let's say we tried it and it didn't work, but it might be something we could do. Yeah, maybe we'll see. Let's get back to the topic at hand. So we're going to talk some nerd shit now. Let's dive into it. I want to know what's the nerdiest shit you've seen at karaoke or something that can be considered karaoke. Because I have mine or at least my absolute favorite thing that
0: I've experienced at some nerd shit. And I want to hear yours. Right now, my favorite thing is the thing that we're airing at the end of this episode, which is just fantastic. But if we're talking about something that happened in person.
2: In the meat space, I believe is what the kids say.
0: Do the kids call it the meat space? Okay. On the really real, they call it the meat space. Yeah, that's canon now. It's the meat space. I have seen somebody do the Pokemon theme, so I guess that's going to have to count. That's a deep nerd shit right there. That's some obsession nerd shit
2: to the max right there. And I love it. I really do. That was the performance. Did they lean into it? Did they like have a Pokeball prop or something like that that they just threw at a random patron? Because that would be fucking awesome.
0: There were no props, and I'm just going to have to assume that they did it accurately because I don't really know that much Pokemon stuff other than the Pokemon Go app.
2: I think just in the Pokemon Go app, you probably know more about Pokemon than most at this point, though, Ed, because they keep expanding that thing. I would guess you know more than you give yourself credit for
0: what's yours. That's what I want to know. Cause you seem so excited. You must have a great story.
2: It's tough to how to classify it because it's not like a standout moment or something like that. And it's something that happens yearly, but I got to experience it in person. So back in 2016, my brother and I won the lottery and we got to go to San Diego comic-con. We got to go to the international comic-con in San Diego we had Thursday and Sunday passes, and we filled in the other two days. But on Thursday night, the one thing I circled, and I could float around, and we got to see some cool panels and experience the sh- art r- on the showroom floor, and got to take it all in. And it, it's a great experience, and I hope I get to go back at some point in my life. I really do. Even me not being immersed in the comic universe, it's still something to behold, and something to be seen, and something that was really, really cool. The one thing I circled on my calendar that was one of the last things that was happening in the ballrooms that I wanted to make sure I had a seat for. So I sat through, I think, three panels before then. I'm going to say I sat through three panels just so I could make sure I had a seat for this. They had a Dr. Horrible single along blog single along with the attendees for Comic-Con. And this is something that goes on every year where they show Dr. Horrible sing-along blog, and they bring up the best Dr. Horrible. They have a costume contest for the best Dr. Horrible and the best Captain Hammer, and they give their best riff, and then everybody sings along to Dr. Horrible sing-along blog. And I know it's not traditional karaoke. I know it kind of falls into the concert karaoke realm, but I would place the sing-along vibe that was there and everybody getting involved as something amazing like it's the same way that as much as you hate journey you jump in and sing along with journey or you sing along with bon jovi or you sing along with queen when it comes on only this time there was about a thousand people gathered in a ballroom singing along to uh the entirety of dr horrible hosted by dr horrible you know somebody dressed as dr horrible and to me that is some of the nerdiest shit i've ever seen and taken part of that i absolutely fucking loved
0: that had to be amazing. I I can only imagine.
2: Oh, I want to go back. I want to go back and just experience that, and hopefully that continues to stay a tradition. And it had been for a number of years by the time 2016 rolled around. I definitely want to go back. I want to this ne- the next time though. I want to prep well in advance, and I want to enter the Doctor Horrible costume contest and try to do my best, Captain Hammer. And it's simple to win the people over when a Dr. Horrible's introducing themselves and trying to like do their best Dr. Horrible impersonation is just for Captain Hammer just to walk up and shove them out of the way and introduce (laughs) themselves. So that's what my plan would be is that I would talk about it beforehand because I want to make sure it's consent and it's an act with whoever's dressed as Dr. Horrible that I would walk up and just kind of shove them out of the way and introduce myself because that's what Captain Hammer would do. That sounds so much
0: fun. The other connection for me with comics, nerdery and karaoke is that prior to you, the only time I really went to karaoke was with my comics friends in New York when I'd be out there. My friend Alex had a store in Brooklyn that would have parties and we would go to karaoke afterwards. There was the Mocha Arts Festival. We would often go to karaoke after that. And that was actually part of the thing that I looked forward to about going out there a couple times a year was just getting together with some of my friends and listening to brian cronin maybe singing some bob dylan or who knows what else happened those nights because those were those were big drinking nights for me there was something always really fun about that and that is probably the prequel to my karaoke fandom you are the main event for it
2: yeah it feels good to be the main event it really does it's great it but this is how it turned into an obsession what we're talking to make a connection For me, with sports, let's say, because this is what I can talk about. And you can talk about it from the comic side and kind of lead us into what the next phase of this episode is going to be. Karaoke can't be like an obsession. If you're just getting started, it's learning about a lot of the stuff we talked about on this podcast. It's learning the ropes. It's learning the entry points. It's learning the etiquette. It's learning the ins and outs. And I look at that as the same way as you learning a new sport and becoming a fan. You want to learn the players. You learn the rules. You learn the behavior that's tolerated, what's not. You learn what the big moments are and how to celebrate and engage in them. And for karaoke, I I look at it kind of the same way. You want to learn the etiquette. You want to learn the ins and outs. You want to get up there and do it. You can't become a fan of something until you turn in or actively participate, until you go to a game. I I think there's a lot of parallels. And my, my love for karaoke has become as diehard as my love for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Pittsburgh Penguins and sometimes the Pittsburgh Pirates. And If you know me, that is really saying something because these are things that I love. I just love to be a part of that community. I love to dive in and know that I have something in common. And I can't tell you how many times when I'm wearing a piece of Steelers gear that somebody comes up and talks to me about what happened that week. And it's a stranger. And I feel like you have that same connection at karaoke. When you step up and you sing a song and somebody... Walks up and says, hey, you did a great job. Do you know this one? Do you know this one? And it initiates a conversation over a shared love of a thing. And to me, that's a beautiful thing. It really is.
0: That's great. Fandom does let you become a part of something, lets you become part of a community. And that's one of the things that I love about it and what I love about karaoke. And I know, you know, you do too. And that's why I'm really excited to talk to our guest today. Douglas Wolk just wrote a book called All of the Marvels, which chronicles his reading every Marvel superhero comic published between 1961 and the 2000s. And it's a great book.
2: Ed, can you pause for a second right now? Because I have a question. How many,
0: how many comics is that? That's approximately 27,000. Oh my God. I struggle to read that many words. Yeah. I mean, 20 words is sometimes tough for you.
2: See, now that's mean and an exaggeration.
0: (laughs) That is. But, Adam, to make up for that, let's give somebody the gift of literacy. I would like to get emails at sungpoorly at gmail.com. Send us what Marvel superhero you would want to do karaoke with and why. And I'll buy somebody a Kindle copy of Douglas's book. And the reason I have to buy a Kindle copy is because Amazon is actually sold out of his book right now. Other retailers have it. But Amazon completely sold out as of this week, which is pretty fantastic. Mm. Gives you an idea how good that book is, right?
2: That is. So that's just sung Poorly at gmail.com. Is that what you said, Ed? S-U-N-G-P-O-O-R-L-Y at gmail.com. Were you just trying to prove that you could spell our email address? I just wanted to make sure that people could spell. It. I'm representing the people here, Ed. I'm looking out for the people as a whole. And I just realized as I was doing it, that is, when you're articulating the letters and spelling it out, it it comes out of your head more complicated. Like when you hit multiple letters, you just keep wanting to go like, oh, 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 but that's not it. No. So I was spelling it for the people, Ed. I'm just an advocate for the people. I don't know if you're against them, but
0: maybe. You know what I'm an advocate for, Adam? I don't know, Ed. What are you an advocate for? I'm an advocate for cueing that guitar and getting going. If you're familiar with comic books or music, you may be familiar with our guest who has been writing about both for over 20 years. Currently, he's the guy behind The Voice of Latveria, a podcast about Dr. Doom, and his latest book, All of the Marvels, A Journey to the Ends of the Biggest Story Ever Told, was published in October. Douglas Wolk, thanks for coming on to The Greatest Song Ever Sung Poorly.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Good to be here. Douglas, we really are so excited to have you on today Uh, because it seems like you
2: have the best of both worlds. You have this successful book that was just published and you're a karaoke fanatic. And guess what? We love origin stories here. So whether it's on the page or a podcast, can you give us your karaoke origin story?
1: Karaoke origin story. I don't know if there's a particular origin story beyond the fact that when I moved to Portland, something like 17 years ago, there was a karaoke bar right around the corner. And my friend Chelsea and I started going there every Monday night. And we went there every Monday night for a couple of years. And the karaoke bar no longer exists and Chelsea no longer lives in Portland, but I got the bug and I kept the bug. Yeah, the bug is hard to shake once you've got it. So while your book isn't
0: about karaoke, obviously, something you wrote early in it struck me as pertaining to karaoke in two ways. I'm just going to quote it here. I realized I'd become able to find something to enjoy in just about any issue, new or old, Sometimes it was a detail that connected to another one on the story's perpetual expanding canvas. I think that applies to karaoke as well. Like, I approach every performance I see in the same way as an audience member, that there's always something to enjoy. What's your take on being the audience at a karaoke show? Do you find something to enjoy no matter what?
1: Not necessarily no matter what, but an awful lot of the time. Seeing how the person connects to the song, that is always such a joy. And then also from that excerpt, Something that
0: hadn't occurred to me before until I was reading your book. There's some kind of intertextual musical conversation
1: happening at karaoke then, isn't there? The way people are interacting with these songs. Oh, God. Yeah, absolutely. It's the song that you want to sing, but it's the way that you want to sing it. What is the song that you want to sing for your friends who are there to hear? How do you want the audience to respond? How are you picking because of that? That's always part of the dynamic, and that's always fun to see.
2: Yeah, it really is fun to see seeing that unfold. I think it was one of the appeals for me and what kind of hooked me into it. Now, Ed's been kind of filling me in here. We touched on this a little bit before we got into the interview. And I know you covered this in your book, but I, I just moved to Queens. I'm getting settled. This is actually the first time I'm recording for my new apartment in Astoria, Queens, and there's a comic book store that's literally one block away. Step out my side of my house. There it is. It's right there in the corner. I've never really gotten into it. I've never really been able to break into that world. Where do you recommend someone that's curious like me starting
1: if they wanted to explore the world of comics? A store is a good place. A library is a great place. Queen's has an amazing public library system, which has an absolutely incredible comic selection. If you go to the library that they just built a couple years ago in Hunter's Point, there is an absolutely phenomenal selection of graphic novels that they have there. Or start with friends. If you know somebody who's into it, like just get them to lend you something that they like. Because if they like it and they like you, they probably know the kind of thing that you're going to be into. Okay, that's, that's, yeah, completely fair. And I, you know what? I'd really like, it's one of those things with libraries, I think. I always
2: forget there's way more than just books at a library, there's so many resources. So thank you for that. That's actually a great starting point. There's one right across the street for me. Part of me wants to run out right now, but part of me realizes that it's 10 p.m. at night and that's not going to work. And I would be fruitlessly standing outside a library and knocking
0: on the windows, looking in like a forlorn child. So, <laughs> yep sorry. sorry for the tangent thank you similarly though what about somebody getting started with karaoke you've been doing it for a long time like we have it's hard for me to imagine people who listen to this podcast regularly aren't already into karaoke but maybe some of the people tuning into this episode because you're the guest might say hey if douglas wolk is into karaoke maybe i should give it a
1: shot i don't know about that but i, I will say just go watch people singing figure out like What is a song that you like to sing, but I don't know how it goes. That's why the words are on the screen. You'll be fine. Just be there for the song. The song will be there for you. That's all you have to do.
2: That's really great advice. But now I want to see worlds collide a little bit here. So we're going to bring your two worlds together with this next question. So we got a glimpse of karaoke in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Mm Shang-Chi. The movie was in production when you're writing your book and you've got a chapter devoted to the Master of Kung Fu series. A, what did you think of the movie? And B, given the nature of what we do here, what did you think of the karaoke scenes in
1: particular? I really enjoyed the Shang-Chi movie. It is very much unlike the Master of Kung Fu comics from the 70s and 80s. That's fine. I am 100% here for it. I love the fact that the MCU is so unfaithful to the comics. It's just treating them all as one gigantic supermarket that can take whatever it wants from and make, fantastic movies out of that's great and sometimes it's sort of indirect like that and sometimes it's more or less direct like i don't know if either of you watched any of the hawkeye series but there's some stuff that is straight out of the comics in there in wonderful wonderful ways and stuff that's not and as far as the karaoke scenes go i'm kind of amazed actually that it is specifically karaoke of hotel california given the famous relationship between Don Henley and karaoke companies.
0: Yes. For anyone
1: who doesn't know, Don Henley hates karaoke. There was a long time when there was no officially licensed version of any karaoke song written or co-written by Don Henley. And now there's that, and it's in the movie. And I wonder if that is some sort of karaoke in-joke. I have no idea. It would be amazing if it was. I would love the movie
0: even more if if, if that was part of it. When we were setting this up, you also sent us some panels that we'll post on the website in conjunction with this episode of Marvel characters doing karaoke in the 616. Representing music in a visual medium has to be tough. How do you feel that they got the karaoke across in those panels that you shared with us?
1: They get it across because the songs are identifiable and the settings are identifiable. And usually whoever is singing has something to do with the song they're singing. I think there was also some recent issue of X-Force where there was a, a big karaoke scene with a num- number of characters. And, you know, all you need is a little bit just to establish like what's going on. And that's that's fine. You can't really get music onto the page. You don't really have to. You just kind of have to suggest it. Yeah, it's, it's always cool to see how stuff like that breaks down. And I want to follow up on a story
2: that you shared uh, also prior to this. Apparently, you've gone to karaoke
1: dressed as... Dr. Octopus. I have. What's the story there? So the story there is that a couple years ago for Halloween, I thought it would be funny to write a theme song for Dr. Octopus to the tune of the 60s Spider-Man theme song. The Spider-Man theme song's been repurposed in a number of ways, like Squirrel Girl sings her own version of it in the first issue of her comic. And so it's like, okay, let's do the Dr. Octopus one. And I was happy enough with what I came up with that I ended up Going to my neighborhood karaoke joint, like dressed as Doc Ock, and just singing that sixty-second song, and then you know storming off. It was great.
0: <laughs> I love that.
2: I love that. I so would have much. paid to be there. Like that's that's one of those things that somebody needs to tip me
1: off that
0: that's happening over the course of the evening. So I will pay to get entrance to see stuff like that. I love that. I really do. And you are also a, a music guy. In a previous book, you talked about one of the big important live albums, James Brown's Live at the Apollo. Out of curiosity, is James Brown a part of your personal karaoke songbook?
1: I can't sing like that. I would love to be able to. I cannot sing his songs in a way that does justice to them. I've tried a couple times, just not not happening. Everybody's entitled to a couple blatant failures. That's one of mine. Yeah, we definitely all have those blatant failures. Uh, I think we've
2: talked about it on this podcast before, but the Beatles are mine, where I'd love to be able to sing the Beatles. I would love to be able to do Beatles songs with karaoke. I've tried a couple times. I can't. It just it just can't happen. I will recognize enough that I'm falling apart severely. And speaking of the Beatles, well, kind of the Beatles of karaoke. But you're in Portland. We've established that, and we've also discovered Portland's apparently a great karaoke city. What are some, even if it's not karaoke related, what are some places people should check out if they're in the Portland area? Can you talk a little bit more about the
1: karaoke scene? My absolute favorite karaoke place is Baby Ketten. Baby Ketten is amazing. They have the best song selection. They make a bunch of their own videos. The vibe there is incredible. For a while, they were kind of a a floating operation that was a bunch of different places every week. Now, for the last couple of years, they have had their own club, and it was closed down for a lot of COVID, but now it's open again. They have private rooms, and I've been to a couple parties in private rooms in the last few months, and just the vibe there. There are so many amazing singers and also so many... People who aren't necessarily, quote, amazing singers, but are amazing karaoke performers who are there. And you see people that you know, and there's there's just this whole culture around the place. And there's this kind of unofficial vibe, like just don't don't do the same song over and over. Like don't do the same song. I I try to never do the same song twice in the same place. Which meant, you know, during the period where I was going to the place around the corner from my house that I was getting fairly deep into the repertoire after a while. I think after a week when I did Laurie Anderson's Oh Superman, I was like, okay, maybe I can either dive deeper into the repertoire or be willing to repeat myself every couple of years.
0: <laughs> I love that. I try to at least do one new song a week anytime that I'm doing karaoke, like something I've never sang before. And maybe Ketten's actually on my bucket list of karaoke places to hit ever since I've seen articles about them and I looked at the songbook that the guy put together. I mean I've never seen such an extensive Tom Waits collection anywhere. One day Ed, we're just gonna have to bite the bullet and we're gonna have to just take
2: our show on the road. We'll record live on location out in Portland and it'll be a heck of a, a heck of an
0: adventure. I'll actually just take a vacation for once. It'll be fantastic. The funny thing for me is that before Adam really got me into karaoke hardcore, the only time I consistently went to do karaoke was with comics folks. Pretty much every Mocha Arts Festival or okay. Rocketship event in Brooklyn had some of us going to Winnie's in Chinatown or maybe someplace in Williamsburg. Is there some kind of connection in in these two things? Because it seems a lot of my comics people really like karaoke.
1: They're people who are artistically inclined and don't get to perform in front of people very often. And when you get the chance to perform like in front of friends like comics people tend to spend a lot of time by themselves hunched over drawing boards and getting to celebrate with people and getting to make art in a way that lets you perform. That's special.
0: Yeah, it really is. Speaking of really special things, you've done something really interesting with your podcast, uh, The Voice of Latveria, about Dr. Doom. You have expert guests on, you guys take an issue or a storyline and you do a deep dive, but you've also created some sound bites and some music for that, that I don't know how to explain it, other than it seems very culturally accurate
1: for a country that does not actually exist, and I don't know how you pulled that off. So there's a little background here. The premise in my head behind The Voice of Latveria is that it is a Cold War-era propaganda shortwave broadcast from like Latverian national radio. I think it's Voice of America. So... A lot of the narration at the beginning is kind of adapted from what the introductory narration was in Voice of America broadcasts in the 40s and 50s. But also there's a little musical hook that I play a couple times in every episode. And the joke behind that is, do you know about number stations? So number stations, there are shortwave radio stations. There used to be a ton of them. There are still some to this day that are just voices reading numbers voices reading lists of numbers and every so often there'll be a little musical tag and they were apparently used for espionage because you could transmit them from anywhere and pick them up anywhere and you wouldn't have anything more suspicious than the ham radio setup and if you could get the frequency you could get your encoded message and so they'll just be squiggly noises and maybe like a little bit of orchestral music and then like a voice voicing three four seven one three four three four and so forth one of the most famous number stations and like there have been dozens and dozens of these catalog is one that is called the lincolnshire poacher because every time it repeats their string of numbers they'll play a little musical tag which is the english folk tune the lincolnshire poacher so i transpose that to a minor key Played it on a kind of pipe organ setting. And that is the musical tag of the Voice of Latveria. This is DoomBot ZR5 for the V O L. Zero Three Zero. This is the voice of Latveria. Zero Three Zero. Wow, that's fantastic. I love that. It's a lot of fun. And at the beginning and end of every episode, there's a news broadcast from Latveria, which is how Latverian State Radio would report whatever the events are in the other Marvel comics published the same month as whatever issue we're talking about on that week's podcast.
0: The truth as Lord Doom sees it.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's
0: an incredible idea and
2: amazing to make that come to fruition like that. Thanks for bringing clarity to that. I know Ed's, you know, maybe seeing cool, but in the inside, he is freaking out about how cool all this information is. He's trying to be cool in front of you. That's what's happening right now because on the inside, freaking out just a little bit. And I'm trying to be cool in front of you too, because this has been such a joy to speak with you and have you on our podcast today. Right now, we'd like to transition into the game we like to play with our guest called Hit Me With Your Best Shot. So awesome. what we're going to do is we're going to give you five questions karaoke related. Just give us your best answer for each one. First thing that pops in your head is normally the right way to go. And we're just going to go back and forth. At the end, if you'd like to, you'll have the opportunity to fire away. And you can ask Ed and I any kind of question that you like karaoke related or otherwise. And we certainly swear to answer honestly. Do you have
1: any questions are you ready to rock and roll? Bring it on. What is the best thing you've seen at karaoke? Best thing you've seen at karaoke was a couple of years ago, actually, at Baby Ketten. The guy who runs the place did Daft Punk's Robot Rock. Now, if you are familiar with the song, the lyrics are rock, robot, rock, repeated 256 times. That's it. He blew the roof off with it. Just the absolute highest energy performance I've ever seen. Wow,
0: that's fantastic. I wish I could have been there to see that. Conversely, what's the worst thing you've seen at
1: karaoke? probably a guy at the place i used to go to who every time he was there would do the bloodhound gangs a lap dance is so much better when the stripper is crying every time we
0: We had a guy like that out here it was awful i feel
2: grossest hearing about that honestly yeah that's definitely yeah that's What's the one song you would love to do at karaoke, but you've never been able to find
1: a version of it or a good version of it? I would do Winoni Harris's Bloodshot Eyes in a second. That's an amazing song. Always wanted to sing it. That's
0: awesome. I love Winoni Harris. Now, let's say that you're in a brand new place while traveling, and you only have the
1: chance to sing one song. What do you pick to make your mark? If I'm actually trying to make a mark, it is going to be This Town Ain't Big Enough for Both of Us by Sparks. If I feel like I can hit the high note that night. I feel like
2: that's the tenuous thing with a lot of songs is like, oh, how am I feeling tonight? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So our favorite question right here that Ed started putting infographics together for uh, is if you could magically strike one song
1: from every karaoke playlist forever, which song would you choose? I have a whole long speech prepared about how there are no bad or unsalvageable karaoke songs except Sweet Caroline.
0: If you would like to do your speech, you're more than welcome to. No, that's that's it. That's 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 the speech. speech. (laughs) That's one of the uh, reigning champs for that question, too. It is. It is well-deserved.
1: I will say there are an awful lot more people who think they can do Baby Got Back than can actually do Baby Got Back. Many, many more. But one time in 10, you get somebody who actually knows it beyond the third line. And then you're then you're golden. Those are always special moments when
2: they know it beyond be on the third line. I completely agree. You know what? Honestly, I think that was one of the best rounds of this we've ever had. That was that was amazing. Like you had oh, thank you. great stories right off the top of your head. I'm unbelievably impressed with your answers. You were quicker than the rawhide kid. Lots be said for the rawhide kid. <laughs> so you're gonna have the chance to fire away now. If you'd like to, you can ask Ed and I any question that pops into your head, and we saw and we swear that we're gonna answer honestly so do you have any questions right. you'd like to ask
1: us what is the longest karaoke song that is still great to do as karaoke Ooh, Ooh.
0: i'm gonna let you go first because I, I know i might have to revise my answer
2: you're gonna have to i'm thinking very selfishly with ed and i right now because ed and i have a song that we do that i think is great every single time we do it and that's rappers Delight" by the sugar hill gang If you can do it and you can pull it off, uh, I think it's great every single time. And that's eight to nine minutes, eight to what, 15 minutes long, depending on the version.
0: The karaoke version, seven minutes and 56 seconds, I think. So that's that's my answer. That's what I would have picked too. Adam and I did that sitting at a bar during the last game of the 2016 World Series because we wanted to do our karaoke song. But we also wanted to watch the game and we're like, well, we can do this without looking at a screen. And that's how we watched the Cubs win. Wow, that's
1: amazing. (laughs) i did once see in new york a karaoke place that had televisions marquee moon i was like okay i have to do this to see like is it yes it is the full ten and a half minutes of murky moon with a seven and a half minute guitar solo in the middle of it wow and i was just sitting there going like are they actually and midi version of the guitar solo it is a midi version of the track and it's just. You're going to sit there and you're going to take it. And sometimes that's how a karaoke night has to go.
0: Well, Douglas, thank you so much for coming on the show with us. I know you have a lot of projects out there.
1: It's your turn. It's your floor. It's your time on the stage. Tell us what you want the people to know. I'm going to plug my new and fantastic book, All of the Marvels, A Journey to the Ends of the Biggest Story Ever Told, whose title actually has a music connection, which I'll get into in a second. But it is my book about reading all 27,000 Marvel superhero comics as a single narrative. It was published by Penguin in November. I read the audiobook, too. And so here's the music connection. There is a series of books. uh, Actually, I wrote the uh, James Brown book is part of the 33 and 3rd series. My favorite book in that series is Carl Wilson's Let's Talk About Love, A Journey to the End of Taste. It is a book about the Celine Dion album, Let's Talk About Love the one that has the Titanic song on it. And it proceeds from the premise, okay, millions of people love this album. I hate this album. What do they know that I don't? And it's just an inquiry into taste, but it's an inquiry into a taste that is an inquiry into a Celine Dion album. And Louis Ferdinand Celine is the author who wrote the book Journey to the End of the Night. So a journey to the end of the night, a journey to the ends of taste, and since i was so deeply affected by carl's book i made my subtitle a journey to the ends of the biggest story ever told
0: wow that's fantastic i i I didn't think of it that deeply when i looked at it but that's that's great that's a great connection douglas thank you so much for being on here with us we really enjoyed talking with you today
1: absolute blast thank you so much
0: we hope to see you singing at a screen sometime soon maybe we'll make the trip out to baby kitten please do that was so great thank you so much like I loved this interview. I really did. Uh, I mean, you brought
2: some great facts that I think a lot of our listeners are really going to connect with. It was informative. It was entertaining. You
0: really are a joy to talk to Thank you so much for doing this.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Earlier in this episode, Douglas talked about creating a theme song for Dr. Octopus set to the tune of the 1960s Spider-Man theme. Today's karaoke segment, him doing just that. (laughs)
1: Octopus. Octopus. Does whatever a genius must. Waves his arms any time. Brilliant. King of crime. All hell. Otto Octavius. Is he smart? Silence, dolt. He designed every hinge and bolt. What's with these octobots? He's controlling them with his thoughts. Beware. Otto Octavius. With his and plan and his steel disease, he'll crush Spider-Man like the bug that he's. Octopus... Octopus, mighty scientist octopus, even though he's ignored, he shall reap his reward to him. Life is a zone of tide pools, tremble you spandex-clad pools, here's Dr.
2: Octopus. Listen, everybody. Hi, it's me, Adam Wainwright, one of the hosts of The Greatest Song Ever Sung Poorly. You may know that because you're listening to this podcast, and I would just like to state we've been doing this for almost a full year now and that may be the best fucking thing i've ever heard happen on this podcast like for real for real for real for real for real thank you douglas walk for bringing that into my life and bringing such joy to me in all of our loyal listeners who are just so just so dang wonderful and you know what I just want to say thanks. Thanks to you, the loyal listener, for tuning in with us. And, you know, I'm going to say you're welcome too, because you got to experience that with us. So, if you haven't heard, we're social guys. So, you can follow us on all the socials. We're at Sung Poorly on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and our webpage is sungpoorly.com. And one quick note I want to bring up about sungpoorly.com. We're want to make an effort to be more accessible to listeners of all kinds. So starting with this episode right now, transcripts will be available every single episode moving forward. And if you have any ideas about how we can be more accessible or meet your needs or any kind of wisdom you want to pass on to us, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We're going to be receptive to this. And we want to try to make sure that our content is available to anyone that wants to listen or read or read. read, listen, read. Anything. If you want our content, we want to make it happen for you. So please don't hesitate to let us know what you want. And uh, hopefully you'll enjoy the transcripts. Ed, who else do we have to thank today? I thank the listeners. I thank Douglas Wolk for all that wonderfulness. I feel like
0: I'm missing someone. Who may it be? I believe the person you're thinking of is Ben Dumb, who has graciously provided us with Gasoline, our theme song. Check out his latest project, The Ben Dumb 3, on Spotify or other music platforms. And a massive shout out to you if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Podchaser and recommend this episode to a friend who you think would enjoy it because that really helps us spread the karaoke gospel. Hallelujah. and make sure to tune in, in two weeks when we talk
2: about the healing and therapeutic aspects that karaoke can bring you. That's it, that's all, there is no more. So until next time, I'm Adam Wainwright. I'm Ed Kennard.
1: And remember
2: that singing off key is still technically singing and i'm trying
1: to wash it clean
0: you know exactly what i mean lord is want
1: a rhino all our gone with gasoline
0: you know what i am an had advocate for adam
2: i'm guessing oh, oh, oh ed tell me no, i'm sorry i'm sorry let me take that again let me take it again let me take it again this is live guys this is this is magic in the making
0: i don't know ed what are you an advocate for i'm an advocate for queuing that guitar and getting the shit going no wait no What what is it you say fuck you do it take that bit and you I do it
2: to, i tried to set you up for the you did story. but i fucked it up oh, i know <laughs> Yeah, fuck it up. That's basically what I say. I don't remember what I say. It's something like cue Cue the guitar. Cue the fucking guitar is what you say. I think you nailed it.